Graves on Gridiron with Richard Graves. Welcome along to this, the latest edition of Graves on Gridiron as we enter Christmas week. If you are like me and a little bit behind the schedule, you still have presents, last minute presents, to get wrapped up ahead of the big day. However, if you've got everything planned, then you're looking forward to Christmas Day and hoping that maybe the odd present you unwrap is that special one you've been hoping for. In the NFL, that special present is booking a place in the postseason and securing a playoff berth. One team has already done that so far, and that is the Green Bay Packers. There are another 13 spots up for grabs. Some will be decided here this weekend in the NFL. The show's record on the season against the line stands at an impressive 28 and 17. It has to be said last weekend was a little bit disappointing, heavily disrupted of course by the COVID list. Some players being put on it and unable to play at the last minute. Game's been rearranged. The show went one and two last weekend. The Patriots not able to complete the thrilling comeback against the Indianapolis Colts. The Jacksonville Jaguars showing they have no bounce back ability whatsoever. But the Las Vegas Raiders got the job done with the final kick of the game kicking a game-winning field goal as time expired, meaning our blushes were saved and we're 28-17 and 17 on the season. I am your host, Richard Graves. We are turning the page on the NFL as we head into Week 16 with all those teams still looking for that perfect Christmas present to unwrap. Graves on Gridiron with Richard Graves. Okay, here we go then. A warm welcome back to our regular listeners. If you are a new listener to this podcast, I'll quickly explain the premise, which is simple. Each week, I take a look at the slate of games on offer in the NFL. I select three games from that slate each week and look at the lines set by the bookmakers and then delve a little bit deeper into the matchups and say why I think perhaps that line might be a little bit out and whether we should go over or under that line. The games are getting important now. They all matter at this stage of the season. Just three left for each of the 32 teams in the NFL. Postseason places to be decided. Draft spots also to be decided in the coming weeks. So here we go. Without further ado, the first of our three games in week 16 is an all AFC East affair. It sees the Buffalo Bills travel to Foxborough to take on the New England Patriots. The Bills with an 8 and 6 record, the Patriots standing at 9 and 5. The line is set at New England two and a half point favorites, the Patriots at minus 2.5. And let's not forget, we are only several weeks removed from these two teams clashing in what in weather terms was a horrific evening in Buffalo, and the Patriots throwing the playbook effectively out the window. They only threw the ball three times in the entire game. They dared the Bills to stop the run. Buffalo could not. The Patriots got a huge 14-10 win in that game. Well, this means that this weekend, the results of this game could well decide who is crowned the AFC East champions. The Patriots will have the tiebreaker, the head-to-head record, if they can get the win. However, if Buffalo can reverse that result from a few weeks back and redress the balance and get a win themselves, then this division is wide open as we head into the final couple weeks of the season. Buffalo themselves have played twice since these two teams last met in Buffalo. Um, Of course, they have lost one, they've won one, but importantly, Their offense seems to have found its mojo. That defeat came against the reigning Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Tampa. 
Well, Buffalo roared back in that game, took it to overtime, came up short, but they put over 30 points on the board, as they did last week in a decisive win over the Carolina Panthers. That being said, they have suffered a setback themselves as they prepare for the Patriots this weekend. Wide receiver Cole Beasley has been added to the COVID list. He is unvaccinated. That means, come what may, even with the revised uh, protocols regarding COVID in the NFL, Cole Beasley, Beasley will not take the field against New England this weekend. And that is a big miss for this Buffalo offense. On the other side of the coin, Bill Belichick led the New England Patriots into Indianapolis last weekend. Remember, they had a bye between the Buffalo win and the, the Indianapolis game last weekend. He was that disappointed with the manner of the Patriots' performance in that game in all facets of the game that a rarity happened on Monday. He actually apologised to the media for his manner in the post-game press conference. That was of interest to us in the media. For Belichick and the Patriots, perhaps a bigger concern is the fact they've also lost a key player to, to COVID. Kendrick Bourne's name was added to the COVID list on Monday. It remains to be seen whether uh, he will be able to take the field at the weekend. They're also sweating a little bit over their top two running backs. Damian Harris has a hamstring issue. Ramondre Stevenson um, has been battling illness himself. Both appeared on the injury report. We wait to see what their status is for the game on Sunday. All that said, the key question heading into this matchup remains. Can the Buffalo Bills stop the run? In two big games so far this season, flat out, the answer has been no. They couldn't stop Jonathan Taylor and the Indianapolis Colts when they lost at home to the Colts around a month ago. They couldn't stop uh, Damian Harris or Ramondre Stevenson, for that matter, when they lost a week later at home to the New England Patriots. That is something that... Sean McDermott and his coaching staff are well aware they need to get sorted out and resolved and resolved quickly. That being said, of course, if the Buffalo Bills offense has found its mojo again, if this is going to be another game when they're able to hang 30 points on their opponents, A, that would be hugely impressive against what has been a hugely impressive New England Patriots defense this season. But B, it would mean that you're forcing the Patriots to take the ball out of the hands of their running backs and put it in the hands of rookie quarterback Mac Jones. Now, we saw that in Indy last week, and Mac Jones, to his credit, played well. It wasn't good enough, though, to bring them all the way back and to overturn what was a double-digit deficit early on in that game. Um, I've got to say, in a tight matchup like this, where the stakes are so high, you've got to look a little bit for experience. You've got to look a little bit and lean on, on what history tells us. And experience and history both combine to tell me one thing. When, when the game's on the line, when the stakes really matter, Bill Belichick finds a way to coach his team up and get the job done. What we saw in Buffalo several weeks ago was incredible. The a head coach, even in those conditions, would say, right, we are going to run the ball, we're going to run it again, and we're going to run it again. And if you can stop us, kudos to you. If you can't, we're going to continue running it down your throats. And that's what the Patriots did. Let's make no bones about it. The Patriots dared the Bills to stop the run. The Bills could not. The Patriots got the win. I would be incredibly naive if I was to doubt Bill Belichick's ability to put together a game-winning uh, game plan again, especially when they're playing at home in Foxborough. Victory on Sunday 
would not only confirm the New England Patriots as AFC's champions for this season, but for me at least, I think it would confirm that Bill Belichick wins Coach of the Year when the end-of-season awards come round in February. I think the job he's done with a rookie quarterback, with all the transactions made in free agency in the postseason, and to get the Patriots to where they are right now. Remember, they were 2-4 and four through the first six weeks of this season, and they now sit with a 9-5 and five record at the top of the AFC East division. Bill Belichick's done an outstanding job. I don't think he's brought the New England Patriots this far to fall at the final hurdle. I am going to go with the Patriots and ride them again this weekend. They let us down last weekend in Indy on the show. I think they rectify that this weekend. Take the New England Patriots at minus 2.5. Okay, carrying on seamlessly into game two. We've spoken a little bit about that New England Patriots defeat to Indianapolis last weekend. Well, we're going to look at the Indianapolis Colts travelling to the Arizona Cardinals in our second matchup. The line here has the Cardinals as one-point favourites. When you're playing at home, you're given by the bookmakers three points, just home field advantage, three points. The fact they're only one-point favourites going into this game with the odds makers suggests that they think this is a coin flip game. And it's easy to see why. The Indianapolis Colts head to the desert on the back of that huge win last weekend over the Patriots. For me, it was a statement win. We'd been had the, the Colts on our radar for the last two months, given the way they started the season and then this run they'd strung together and they've been steadily climbing the rankings. And to take care of the New England Patriots by 27.17 in front of a nationally televised audience in prime time on Saturday night, that sent a message to everybody else in the NFL. And it also sent a message on behalf of running back Jonathan Taylor, because make no mistake about it, folks, he is now in contention for this year's NFL MVP award. He's been outstanding for the Indianapolis Colts. He leads the league with 1,518 yards in rushing. That's over 400 yards more than his nearest rival, Bengals running back Joe Mixon. He has 17 rushing touchdowns, 19 total touchdowns this season. Both of those marks are league-leading marks in the NFL during the course of this year. And it's perhaps no coincidence that on the back of such impressive form that the Colts have now won five of their last six. They've won each of their last three games when playing on the road. And they've scored over 30 points in each of those three road wins. Their form is eye-poppingly impressive. And it contrasts markedly with what we're seeing from the Arizona Cardinals, because although they do still sit in first place in the NFC West, they set off this season like, like a house on fire. They were 7-0 and straight out of the gates, and it didn't matter whether Kyler Murray was fit or not. Colt McCoy slotted in. He still won games for the Arizona Cardinals. 7-0, and and the narrative was, why, why are we not giving the Cardinals the love that that sort of start deserves? Are we underrating them? Well, 7-0 through the first seven games. Flip that to the second set of seven games this season, the second half, and suddenly they have a 3-4 and four record in their last seven. Look, folks, it's hard to escape the parallels that you inevitably have to draw with last season when they started fast and they fell off through the second half of the season, falling off to such an extent they didn't even make the playoffs last season. And that has to be concerning. 
uh, as is their home form as well right now because they've lost three in a row whilst playing in the desert at home. Um, the one ray of light I can offer Arizona Cardinals fans is that when playing against AFC opponents this season, they're 4-0. They are undefeated when playing against AFC teams. And they're averaging 34 points a game during the course of that. That being said, as I always point out when we get to this stage of the year, we are now at the business end of the season. And it's about players playing well and who is playing well right here, right now. What's gone before, quite frankly, really doesn't matter. It's who's playing good football in December. Statistics don't win games, players do. And the bottom line is the Arizona Cardinals are missing their best player, wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins, who's had surgery on an MCL injury. If they were to make it um, deep into the postseason, there is a chance that he might be able to be fit enough to take some part um, at that point. But he isn't going to be on the field anytime soon. He's certainly not going to play in the remainder of the regular season. And you look across the field this weekend, who is the best player on the Indianapolis Colts side? Without doubt, it is running back Jonathan Taylor. And not only is he fit and healthy, he is, quite frankly, in the form of his life. This has all the makings of a playoff caliber matchup for me. And you look at who's playing well right here, right now. The Cardinals are wobbling. The Colts are playing lights out football. They're throwing the heavier punches, to use a boxing analogy. And on that basis, when you look at the line the odds makers have set, making the Cardinals just one point favourites, that says to me nobody will be surprised to see the Indianapolis Colts get another road win here. I'm going to take the Colts in this game at plus one. Graves on Gridiron. Our final game then from the Week 16 slate takes us to the NFC East. It's the Washington football team travelling to Texas to take on the Dallas Cowboys. Washington with a 6-8 and eight record. Dallas leading the division at 10-4. and four. And it's a game that takes place just 14 days after these same two sides met in Washington. A game that finished 27-20 to Dallas. That scoreline suggests it was competitive and close. I will tell you that for three quarters, it was one of the most one-sided encounters you will ever see. Sloppy mistakes from Dallas, allowing Washington back into the game late, but ultimately the Cowboys got the win. At the time of recording, the Cowboys are in first place in the NFC East. They're not confirmed as NFC East champions. That may change between now and Sunday. If Dallas win this game, they are the NFC East champions equally. If the Philadelphia Eagles were to lose their matchup, that would also crown the Cowboys as NFC East champions. Look, there's no getting around this. It's been a really tough couple of weeks for the Washington football team. They've been heavily affected by a COVID outbreak to such an extent that their game last weekend had to be pushed back to Tuesday night um, against the Philadelphia Eagles. They had to play that game without quarterbacks Taylor Heineke or Kyle Allen. Garrett Gilbert came in uh, a couple of days' notice to be their starting quarterback in that game. And to his credit, probably did as well as he possibly could in making Washington a competitive team um, in a game they ultimately lost. But because of that, you've now got this five-day turnaround between road games as well for Washington. You're still waiting for players to come back at the co off the COVID list. At the time of recording... Washington are hoping that Taylor Heineke and or Kyle Allen um, will be made available to them and off that, that COVID list. That uncertainty, combined with a heavily disrupted uh, preparation schedule as well, 
heading into this game off such a short turnaround. These are all things that are conspiring against you as a team if you're Washington. And, you know, you're almost pushing to the bottom of the pile the fact that they've lost the um, two games in a row as well now. Um, in contrast, the Cowboys have got back to winning ways. They've been on a three-game road trip. They've won all three. They're 4-0 in the division this season. And, and incidentally, just a game outside of the number one seed in the NFC, currently held by the Green Bay Packers. And perhaps surprisingly, it's been founded on defence. Remember at the start of the season when everybody was raving about this Cowboys offence, Dak Prescott had come out firing, uh, returning from that serious ankle injury. He had receivers, Blake Jarwin, Dalton Schultz, Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, C.D. Lamb, so many weapons. It was all about the Cowboys' offense. Well, we'll discuss that offense shortly, but in the last month, this Cowboys team has been all about defense. Rookie linebacker Micah Parsons has just been voted to the Pro Bowl. Um, he's been getting all the national acclaim. And sort of flying under the radar has been the play of Randy Gregory and Demarcus Lawrence, who missed the best part of three months with, with an injury picked up in week one. But you've got two top edge rushes there. You've got Micah Parsons uh, rushing the quarterback from linebacker. And as we saw last week, he's capable of covering receivers downfield as well. Uh, the Cowboys defense secured four turnovers in last week's win against the Giants. Trayvon Diggs. An NFL leading 10th interception of the season. He's also been voted to the Pro Bowl, incidentally. The, the Cowboys' defence has not just been a surprise this season. It's been a revelation in the way it's played. And you look at the wins over the New Orleans Saints, the Washington football team and the New York Giants. The Cowboys' offence hasn't been very good, but quite frankly, it hasn't needed to be. Because its defence has continued to play good football, it's continued to get turnovers, it's continued to make game-changing plays. And that's a good thing for Dallas because Dak Prescott at quarterback since coming back from his injury mid-season, quite frankly, hasn't been very good. He's been a little bit erratic with some of his throws. The offence hasn't been putting um, not nearly as many points on the board as it did at the start of the season. And yet, for all that criticism... You, you look at um, the, the statistics for, for this season, and there's the Dallas Cowboys. Number one ranked in total offense, number two ranked in points scored at 28.6 points per game on average this season. Usually you go into divisional matchups and say, look, forget the form book. These are always hard-fought, keenly fought affairs in the NFC East. But... I find it hard to believe that this game is even going to be close this week. Um, you can almost forget the Cowboys' offensive woes because the adversity that the Washington football team is having to deal with right now and overcome for a good team with plenty of depth, this would be a tough period. But for a team that's still rebuilding, still trying to find its way, was hoping to make a late surge towards the playoffs... It's a tall order. So much disruption, back-to-back -back road games, short turnaround, and now you're going against what, without question, is the best team in this particular division. I think things are going to catch up with Washington this weekend, and it might even be the window that the Cowboys' offense needs to find its own mojo as well. The line is set as Cowboys' heavy 11-point favorites. I'm going to take the Cowboys in this at plus 11.
Okay, so those are the three games to be taken as we head into Christmas weekend. Remember, first and foremost, guys, this is intended to be fun, so have fun with it. But just to recap for you, first up, in the AFC East, take the New England Patriots at minus 2.5 against the Buffalo Bills. Then on to Arizona, take the Indianapolis Colts, one-point underdogs, take the Colts at plus one. And in the final game of three selected this weekend, the Washington football team heading to Dallas to take on the Cowboys. Take the Dallas Cowboys at minus 11. First and foremost, I wish you all a very Merry Christmas. Enjoy the, the festive season. Enjoy the holidays. I hope you all have a great time. Let's enjoy the football this weekend as well. And I look forward to you all rejoining us next week as we close in on the postseason and the playoffs. More issues to be decided and plenty more to talk about in the NFL. Subscribe to Graves on Gridiron wherever you listen to podcasts. And keep up to date with the latest on Twitter. Search for Richard Graves 1. That's Richard Graves, the number one.